Are you ready for the word today? If so, you are going to enjoy today's message. Our words have power over the different areas of our lives. I hope you enjoy this message. Be blessed. Man, thank you so much. Guys, I'm excited as we're slowly reopening the church and seeing people come back and, and really making Sunday what it is, the Lord's Day, as we come together as the body of Christ and, and uh, worship Him together and lift up His name. And, and um, so God is good. We're opening up kids' ministry. All those things are slowly happening. But I want to welcome each and every one of you. So glad that you're here. Again, my name is Jack Gonzalez. I'm the lead pastor here. And today we're going to have a great time. I'm excited because we kick off a new message series, something the Lord has placed heavily on my heart. And, um, and so you, you'll see the slide up here. But the title of this series is Lagos. And that's in the Greek. And I'm going to explain some more of that in just a moment. Um, but before we do that, I want to introduce you to our central passage for this series. With every message series, I'll have a central passage that I really felt like kind of hits everything that we're going to talk about. And so I'm going to ask, can I get a volunteer? Benny, can you join me real quick? Can you come up here real quick? And I, I want to just read our central passage here real quick. And so, Benny, would you join me? And I just want you to read this uh, yeah, all the way up because I, I want to make sure everyone at, at home and could see you on the camera. And so this is our central passage. Can you read that for us? I'm going to get started with this new series. Can you guys put that up there for him? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its roots. That's it. That's it. Can you read it for us one more time, though? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its roots. That's it right there. Thank you so much. Can we give him a round of applause? That's so huge. That has everything to do with what we're going to be talking about this series. And the Holy Spirit has really impressed this on my heart. Words have power. There's so much power to be released, to build life, to tear things down. And in the Greek word for words is logos. And in this series, we're going to look at the power of logos in your life. And so with that being said, let's take a moment to pray and we'll jump into part one of our series. Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, you are so good. Hey, God, you're so faithful. God, what you've done in each and every one of us, God, you've set us free and transformed us. You minister to us, God. God, today, receive all the honor and receive all the glory. God, we thank you for your word. Bring it alive. Illuminate the scriptures. Speak to us. Challenge us, God. Convict us, but also bless us and encourage us and show us how to. God, you're so good and you're faithful. Have your way. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Just go ahead and give that air high five one more time. Just air high five. Find someone. There you guys. There you go. To get started, I want to ask you this question. Have you ever felt... The voice of negativity was loud in your life? Have you ever just felt like it was just, it was there constantly in your ear, constantly just this negativity creating doubt and fear and wondering and questioning yourself and your purpose and your goals and your morals? Just this constant, just, just nagging negativity in your ear. You see, sometimes one of the loudest voices in our life is the voice of the enemy. You constantly feel attacked. You know it's not true about you, but you're wrestling with it anyways. It certainly gets your attention. It seems like it won't relent. One thing after another, one negative word after another. And then temptations around you seem like they're just growing because that could be the feeling or solution or release or peace or, or just way to come up in that situation. You see, there was a season in my life where, where I wanted to quit. 
I just wanted to quit. I wanted to be done. I just wanted to be done. I wanted to quit. Now, what did I want to quit? Well, I really couldn't pinpoint it. I just had this feeling that I wanted to quit. And as I began to pray, as I began to reflect, as I began to seek God, as I began to evaluate the different areas of my life, what I realized is that as I was dealing with this feeling and desire of wanting to quit, it was really the voice of the enemy in my life. He was really pushing me just to, just to give up, to, to, to forget about it, to, to, to just let it go, to take me away from the things that God had for me, to, 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 to get me off of the path of God, to allow all the good things that God was doing in my life to suddenly just crumble and fall apart and lose their power and effectiveness in my life, wanted me to quit. It becomes so important, you and I, that we understand and we recognize the voice of the enemy in our life. Have you been there before? You see, how do I silence the voice of the enemy? Listen, first, I want to point out a, a couple of misconceptions that I think are taught in different, in different areas. And two really here, they go together, but two misconceptions. The first one is this, only Jesus can silence the voice of the enemy. You know, Jesus, he, Jesus lived, he walked on the earth, and it was him who had the power to silence the voice of the enemy, and that's it. Since he's now resurrected and sitting at the right hand of the Father, no one else can do it. Misconception number one. Number two, only Jesus can cast a demonic spirit out. He lived, he did it, and now he's at the right hand of the Father, and now it cannot be done. You see, in Matthew chapter 28 and verses 18 through 20, it says this, Jesus came and told his disciples. I want you to hear this in verse 18. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. He says, I, Jesus himself, has been given all authority, not only in heaven, but also on earth. So even though he's going to ascend into heaven, he has the power and authority. And then he begins to give them instruction, go and make disciples of all nations. And then in verse 20, it says this, teach the new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And then he says this, be sure of this. I am with you. Jesus says, I am with you. He's telling his disciples, even to the end of the age. He says, I've been given all authority and power, and I am with you. And then in John 14, 12, he says this, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they'll do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Now, I've talked to you about this passage before. Sometimes it can be one of the most hardest or difficult passages to comprehend in Scripture that I would do greater things than Jesus, but Jesus says so. You see, what Jesus does is he silences the voice of the enemy. He casts out evil spirits. And today we are going to look at a passage where we see someone other than Jesus speak to the enemy and cast out a demon. And Pastor, what are we talking about today? Hey, I'm excited for this, and I want you to understand something that maybe we don't always talk about, you don't always hear, but it's a reality around us. And today, I want to tell you a little bit about the Apostle Paul as he's traveling and he's ministering the gospel wherever he goes. And he ends up in this very Gentile Greek area in Philippi, and they're known for their Greek mythology and for their Greek gods and their worship of them. And the Bible says this in Acts chapter 16, and we're going to read verses 16 through 18. This is this. As we, and this is Paul and his companions, were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. So they had her, uh, she, they made money from her fortune-telling. 
Verse 17, she followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to you the way of salvation. Verse 18, and this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and it came out that very hour. You see, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, he casts out this demon. Now, Paul's not one of the original 12. Paul didn't walk with Jesus as Jesus was on the earth. Paul was the guy who was persecuting the church. He didn't want it to come to be. And then he had an encounter with Jesus, and everything that he had done against the church, he suddenly became for. And he began to follow the call of God on his life. See, let me point something out to you about this passage and what's happening. You see, in verse 16, it says that there is a spirit of divination. A spirit of divination. In the Greek, that word divination is python. I'm still working on my Greek there. But in Greek, divination is python, like a snake python. This python here. And... I want you to imagine this in this spirit that it's talking about. You see, in, in, in that time, this mythical serpent or dragon, it dwelt in the region Pytho and was said to have guarded the oracle at Delphi until it was slain by the god Apollo. Now, I'm going to explain to you some things that you might have heard in superhero movies, this and that, cartoons, magazines, that kind of thing, but was a reality for the culture and the spiritual darkness that was taking, taking place. Now, Delphi was a city in Greece and was famous for the temple of Apollo. It was located there. Apollo was a powerful demonic spirit of prophecy who spoke on behalf of the great king of gods, uh, Zeus or Jupiter. Now, Delphi was no ordinary Greek city. It was the center of Apollo's worship. Now, what's an oracle? An oracle was a religious institution satanically empowered. The oracle at Delphi was a priestess known as the Pythia because she was empowered by the Py Python spirit. This demonic spirit would prophesy on the seventh day of each month. She would sacrifice a goat to Apollo, take a bath, and then people would pay her a lot of money to hear her words. You see, a lot of times we'll hear, and this sounds great, oh, Apollo and Zeus and all these things, but there was true demonic and spiritual darkness taking place. And this spirit that ruled and reigned and had its freedom is a spirit that still runs around today because people are enticed by it. They're, 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 they're enticed by it. They don't understand that it'll bite you. They'll, they'll, they'll catch you thinking that divination is the solution. And even last week, I, I talked a little bit about card reading and, 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 and mediums and fortune tellers and psychics and some of those things there. But they, 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 they believe this as a solution. And Paul recognizes the spirit and Paul uses his, his logos, his words to cast out the demon. You see, the voice of the demon, the voice of the enemy will come in many different ways. Sometimes he's looking to attack your strength. And suddenly you begin to feel weaker and you, you just feel attacked in all of these areas. And sometimes his voice appears to be your solution. It appears to be your help. It appears to be your way out. See, the question is for each of us is, how do I silence the voice of the enemy in my life? How do I do that? There's three things that I want to share with you today. Three things. The first thing is this. I must submit to Christ. 
See, if I'm going to uh, silence the voice of the enemy, that tact, that constant is there trying to belittle me, hurt me, hinder me from the things that God has, I need to make sure that I'm submitted to Christ myself. You know, over the years, I've received many calls to go into people's homes. People will call me and say, hey, can you pray over my house? I think my house is haunted. Can you, can, can you come in because there's some weird things happening? I think it's something evil. I think it's an evil spirit. There's some things happening in my home I just can't explain. Can you come and can you pray? And I, I've, I've received many calls like that over, over, over the years. You know, I, I can't sleep. And I think even especially during this pandemic, it's happened quite a bit. But I remember one particular conversation a few years back. A guy got my number from somebody else who was a believer, and he reached out, and he was like, listen, I'm desperate. You know, he was explaining to me all the things that were happening in his home, and he really, really wanted me to come. And I was like, you know what, I, I, I can help you. And I began asking him a few questions, and I asked him, you know, hey, you know, do you yourself, do you serve God? And he was like, no, no, not no. And I, and I began to explaining to him how demonic spirits work and how the power of Christ Jesus works. And I said, listen, you know, I could pray over your home, but if you're not really willing to submit to Christ, the demon's just going to come back. It's, it, it's, it's just going to make its way back. And I asked him, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to show you all of this. Would, would you like to get right with God? I just want to give you this opportunity. Uh, in that, you're going to find this protection, but without it, you're just not. And, and he was just like, no, I'm just, I'm just I, I don't think I'm into all of that. Really, what I want is I just want you to come, catch it, take it back and hold it somewhere. You know, kind, kind of like Ghostbusters, you know. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. I mean, that, that was the idea. That was the idea. But the first thing that we need to do in order to silence the voice of the enemy is to submit to God, to truly submit to him, to really look at our lives, evaluate the different areas and say, I'm, I'm going to choose to submit that to God. I'm going to hand it over to God. The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 7, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. See, if you're not submitted to God, then, then you cannot, let me say it this way. If you are submitted to God, then you cannot be at the same time submitted to, to the devil. You cannot be. If, if you're committed to God, you cannot be committed. It doesn't work. You cannot divide yourself in that way. But if you're not submitted to God, if you're not truly submitted to God, the devil has free range in your life. He can move and go and attack you and appear to be your solution. Or he can continue to speak this negativity over you and hurt you and hinder you. And you feel like the attacks are just overwhelming to where you want to quit and you want to give up and you want to turn the other way. Now, I think a lot of times people forget Jesus' words about demons. Jesus says in Luke chapter 11 verses 24 through 26, it says this, When, they, when an evil spirit leaves a person... It goes into the desert searching for rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds that its former home is all swept and in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. This is what Jesus teaches us about evil spirits. Sometimes we listen, we just want to close our eyes and pretend that this type of thing doesn't exist, but this is the reality of life. This is the reality of life. The evil spirit cannot return to that person if that person is submitted to God. It can't. It's going to come back and say, hey, I couldn't find another place. Let me go back. Oh, you know what? You're occupied. 
There's no vacancy. You're, you're submitted to God. You're submitted to the Most High God. There's no room for me here. This person is submitted to God and full of the Holy Spirit. And the evil will come back and it'll look for a place. It'll find out that there's a power it cannot overtake. So I encourage each and every one of you, as we're talking about silencing the voice of God, make sure you yourself are submitted to Christ. Are you submitted to Christ? May Jesus be your Savior and may he be the Lord of your life. How do I silence the voice of the enemy? First, I submit to Christ. And secondly, I ask God to help me recognize the enemy. Now, this is huge. I'm going to get more into this. I ask God to help me recognize the enemy. You see, the Apostle Paul, he's here, and they're on their way to this prayer gathering, and he clearly recognizes the spirit. He recognizes the demonic spirit. You know, a lot of times people think, wow, you can tell the future? How cool is that? Or you got psychic powers? That's so awesome. You know, you're the solution I've been looking for, and, and it's, 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 it's celebrated in everything we do in our culture and society and, and superheroes and all of this stuff. And that's, that's so wonderful. Man, you got the coolest gift ever. In verse 16, it says this, we were met by a slave girl who had the spirit of divination. Again, this divination, this python spirit, and he recognized the spirit. And then in verse 18, it says this, and this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit. Again, he recognized the Spirit, but Paul was greatly annoyed. Why was Paul annoyed if the Spirit didn't appear to be doing anything bad, if, if it just appeared to be people's solution, if it just appeared to be helping people? Why would he be annoyed? There's three things I want to share with you about that really quick. The first thing is this. This Spirit is not of God. It's a python spirit. It's looking to attack you in a way that you may not even realize. You, you just think, oh, that's great. That could be helpful. But no, no, no. It's looking to attack you in a way that you may not even see in your life. Secondly, God isn't receiving any glory. Right? God is not receiving any glory. This, this spirit is getting all the attention, and it's luring people further away from God. God's not receiving any glory. Thirdly, this spirit is hurting the work of the gospel, and I'll explain that. See, Paul's attempting to preach the, to the Gentiles. He's, he's attempting to share the good news about Christ Jesus. And they were all familiar with divination. They, they all understand that. They saw the slave girl. She, was, she, would, she would tell the future. All of this was happening. And in that particular area, they were familiar with that. Right? Greek mythology, Greek gods, all of these things. In this particular area, in Philippi, in Greece, it, it had been known for this spiritual darkness. God's name was not anywhere there. And they, they were constantly, it was just a part of their regular life. This is what they were used to. And Paul was wanting to show that the powers were not equal. And I want you to know this. I want everyone to get this. Would you understand this? The power of Satan is real. The power of demonic spirits is real. But his power is not equal to the power of God. They're not on equal wavelengths. They're not equally weighted. The power of God is true power. And it was disguised as something good, but it was truly evil. Growing up, I always thought Batman and Superman were the coolest. I just thought, you know, they have a day job. They go and they got, they do this and they save the day and they're, they're so awesome. And in particular, you know, Superman, he would just, he, he'd just put on his glasses and be Clark Kent. Some of you guys know, right? 
And so he just go into a place, and I'm like, I'm watching, and you're watching, and you're thinking, oh, my goodness, like, they're going to recognize you, man. And sure enough, they never recognized him, right? He had this disguise, and he could just be cool and walk off and then suddenly go into a telephone booth and just, and just go off and save the day. And I used to think that was so, so cool. People had no clue. They never found out his identity. And many times it's just like that with the enemy, Satan and his demons. Too many don't recognize them because they're in their disguises. They don't recognize them. See, Paul in his letter to the church in Corinth, he's talking about false leaders. And then he says this in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen 14 b. He says, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. See, you're, you're, you're looking for the, 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 the red demon with red horns and a pitchfork, but he disguises himself as your solution. He disguises himself as an angel of light. He disguises him, himself as a way of coming up, as a, as a, as a solution to your issue, as a, as to try to fix the problem or to feel the pleasure. He might appear that way, but be not mistaken. He's coming for your life. Be not mistaken. He's coming for the cue. See, how do I recognize the enemy? Many learn to recognize the voice of God. God, because I want to hear you in my life. God, I want to hear your voice. God, I want to recognize your voice. God, I want to obey your voice. And that's, and that's absolutely huge. But the voice of the enemy is always changing. You see, the Bible says in Psalms 119, verse 66, there's this prayer by the psalmist, and it says, Teach me good discernment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Teach me good discernment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. You see, a wise person prays this prayer on the regular. A wise person asks God, God, would you help me to recognize the enemy in my life? God, would you give me good discernment and knowledge? God, would you lead me on level ground? God, would you show me what's good? And God, would you show me what's bad? How do I silence the voice of the enemy in my life? I must be submitted to God. And secondly, I ask God to help me recognize the enemy because I may not be seeing him in my life, but there's this voice of negativity and I haven't been able to pinpoint it or there's this solution or um, temptations or things in front of me. God, would you help me to see what I may not see in my own life, in my family, in my home, in my responsibility? Help me to see. And thirdly, how do I silence the voice of the enemy? Thirdly, I speak confidently in the name of Jesus. I speak confidently in the name of Jesus. This logos. God has given us his word, his, his logos. And I want you to notice how Paul speaks to the spirit. You see, in verse 18b, it says this, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. See, Paul says, I command you. Command is coming from a strong place, isn't it? It breathes this, this confidence. See, when I command you, it means I have no doubt in my mind, in my words, that I have more power than you. I, 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 I have more power than you do. I am in a position to command you. You are not in a position to command me. Satan, devil, demons, you are not in a position to command me. I am in a position to command you. You think you have more power, but I have more power in Christ Jesus. I want you to get that this morning. I want you to understand that they are not in a position to command you. That, that, that negativity that's been in your ear, that, that solution that is false, that is wrong, that you know is not right. 
He's not in a, commit, in a position to command you. Now, where does that power come from? It comes from the next part of the verse. You see, Paul commands the Spirit to come out not on his own power. He doesn't say, in the name of Paul, come out. In the name of Jack, come out. No, but in the name of Jesus. In the name that is above all names. In the name where demons tremble and they are silenced. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is authority in the name of Jesus. There is, and through that, there is a confidence in the name of Jesus. You know, there was a time I was called with another pastor to go into a house and they couldn't sleep anymore and they couldn't rest anymore and they were just dealing with different things. And um, Gerson, can you, can, you, can you join us? Can you join me? And, and they, they were just dealing with different things were going on. And um, the owner of the house, he says, listen, I just, I just don't want to do. Can you come? And so I went with another pastor and we, we walked into this house. They all left and we went in there and then we went into their guest room. And inside of that guest room, they had been practicing witchcraft there in that room. And the owner didn't know about it. And because they were practicing the witchcraft there, they had invited the demonic spirits. And they were in there doing their thing. And then we went in there to do our thing in the name of Jesus. I'll tell you this, those people slept like a baby that night. See, when the enemy's voice is no longer in your ear, when he, when he no longer is there to, to just cause you to fall and to stumble and to doubt and want to quit, there is such a freedom in Christ Jesus. There's such a peace that surpasses all understanding. You're able to go about what you need to go about because he doesn't, he, he, he now has been put on notice that there's power in the name of Jesus, that your life is submitted to Christ Jesus. Now you see him. Now his disguise doesn't fool you. Now his Clark Kent glasses doesn't fool you. You know who he is. You see him coming from afar. I see you coming. Turn around and go home. I command you in the name of Jesus. You want to have my family, don't you? You want to take away the good things in my life, don't you? You want to hurt my future, don't you? I see you coming in the name of Jesus. I command you to leave. See, the thing is, and I've told you this before, Satan, the devil, his demons, they don't take days off. They're not on vacation. They're, they're, they're not here, you know what? So let me see if I can work from home. They're, 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 they're on mission. But when your life is submitted to Christ, and you can see the enemy coming, and you use the words, the logos, the logos of God, and you speak it, you speak it with confidence, and you speak it with boldness. In the name of Jesus, I command you. You've been trying to command me, but I command you, get away. Suddenly that voice has no power. And I'll tell you the other thing that happens is suddenly you begin to hear God's voice so much more clear. Because that negativity has lost its power. And don't let it just disguise itself as just negativity or that person's having a bad... Listen, the enemy is working. He's trying to find a way to weave into your life. He's trying to find a way to make you feel depressed and oppressed and feel horrible and just want to quit and give up. In the name of Jesus, I'll tell you now, do not quit. Do not stop the thing. If God's put you on a path, walk it. Walk it with joy. Some days are tougher than others, but God is still good. Jesus is still on the right hand of the Father. He's still there. And that demon wants to attack. Listen, I ain't got time for you. 
I command you in the name of get away. I want you to understand these things are so real. They're so real. The Bible talks about it over and over. We see Jesus casting out this spirit. Then he gives the, the disciples power to do the same thing. Spiritual warfare is a real thing. Last week, as I showed you, this, this tug of war is happening now, right now, in this moment. It's happening in your life. Would you see and recognize the enemy? Would you see him? And then speak power in the name of Jesus. May he flee from your life. Flee from your life. And may you experience all the freedom and all the joy and all the peace that comes from walking with Christ Jesus. God is good, and he's good in your life. He's good in your life. Here's my challenge for you. My challenge is this. Did I read this last verse to you, Luke 10, 17? Read it real quick. The 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to his name. So the disciples came themselves to understand it. Wait, the demons, they, they can't do it. They can't, not in the name of Jesus. So here's my challenge. My challenge is this, would you review these steps this week? This week, would you take time, look at all the verses. You have the message notes online on the app. They're, they're all there. And if you need them, we can send you a, an email copy or print them out for you. All of, all of it's there. Would you review these steps? And this week, would you, in your life, tell Satan and his demons, you have no power over me in the name of Jesus. I command you to leave in the name of Jesus. Would you say that this week? Would the logos of God come out of you this week? And would you say these words? I hope you all enjoyed the message. The Bible says words do have power. Please hit like or subscribe. Share the video that you just watched. Also, if you're new, text new to the number that you see. I hope you all have a blessed day.